Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is Rose Finesse, who is a clinical nutritionist and uh, the owner of Tables Over Platters, a business that I'm quite interested in talking about today. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today, Rose. It's a pleasure to have you. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you. Pleasure's mine. Oh, thank you. Um, so to start off, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the nutrition space? Yeah, I I get nervous answering this question every time because it's such a loaded question. Um, and <laughs> no I pressure. think like most of us, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of us struggle with a starting point. Um, and for me, that's so multidimensional. Like my starting point was a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I've always been food obsessed. Um, and luckily my relationship with food has always been really positive. Um, I was that kid that was obsessed with like flavor and presentation and I'd be like taste testing my mum's cooking and like sneaking spices and herbs in there and like (laughs) just being like so extra. Um, or I'd be like coming home from school and I'd be like making pizza out of like phyllo pastry with like olives and feta and like some real, some real extra palate for someone that was like 14 or something. Like my friends used to be like, what are you doing? Straight before like basketball or netball, I'd be like making these like gourmet little pizzas. That is so (laughs) Um, cute. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny. I still get teased about it to this day. Um, but like for most people doing these courses, there's always this element of personal experience, um, whether that's them physically or it's like a loved one that's gone through something and then they've kind of caught the wave of that, I guess, interest or spark. Um, and for me, I had a pretty big health journey, which will start it as with most people, (laughs) you'll start seeing like clients will always have like a beginning point with like a glandular fever or some sort of, some sort of viral, you know, um, condition. So that for me led me down to like a lot of digestive issues and I had really severe gourd, um, so gastric esophageal reflux and I kind of had intolerances and sensitivities that came up and chronic fatigues and, So for me, what was a really positive relationship with food kind of took this really bad breakup. Um, And it wasn't because I didn't want to be eating what I wanted to be eating. Like I was always a really healthy eater, but like there was this real juxtaposition of like the healthier I ate, the sicker I got. Um, So it was this real kind of sway into nutrition for a number of things. Um, but definitely my interest in my personal health led me on that final step for sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And so when you did start to, um, learn more about nutrition, did you go straight into the course and tell us a little bit about your studies and what you've done since then? Yeah, I'm laughing because like my initial step in that direction, I, I wanted to be a paramedic. Like I really loved conventional medicine. Um, I have parents that are in emergency services. Um, So my initial step was more conventional. um, And then I kind of tiptoed into nutrition just because for a number of things, it's a lot easier to get into um, our degrees. Luckily for people that haven't had, I guess, the best start with ATARs and whatnot. For me, I was, um, I guess, compromised because of my health with an ATAR. I didn't end up getting one because I was um, so unwell. Um, but for me, my career, I guess, once I had graduated into nutrition and took a step into the job force, um, it looks scrambled, like my eggs are in all baskets and it still remains that way. And I truly love working that way the most. Um, for me, I do online. Yeah, I love it. it. It gives you, um, an element of, I guess, working out what you love and what you don't like and what you could pass on. Um, But for me, 
um, I do online consults for my own personal brand. So I practice under Rose Finesse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a practitioner for a virtual multimodality e-clinic, which is under Teresa Cutter. So she's the healthy chef girl. I'm sure you've all heard of her. Yeah. Um, and again, that looks pretty similar to my own setup. It's mostly telephone and video based consults. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are not to a full-time capacity. Yeah. Um, they're, they're mostly part-time and I'll work those kind of around um, business hours. So I'll do that sort of like outside of the nine to fives, yeah. um, which I feel like aligns with most people and most clients because, you know, like us, they're working nine to five. So it kind of tees up really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of like recipe development and writing. So um, I'll do that for like brands and association boards. So I've done a few kind of nutritional articles um, and that's really cool because it like adds to your credit points. So when you sign with a board as a member, you'll have to start doing all these, you know, different independent things to start getting your credit points up. Um, So that's one really cool way of doing that. And um, I'm (laughs) thinking where all my eggs are. Um, (laughs) I also work full time with a travel insurance company doing medical assessments for pre-existing conditions. So for travelers that have medical conditions, um, I'll be like the assessor, I'll do their conditions, I'll let them know their coverage options and those sorts of things. Um, so for me, that was, um, a really quiet strategic call taking that on. I wanted to be Mm -hmm. financially stable. Yeah. And I wanted to have the financial freedom to be able to put my eggs in all the baskets. Um, so not only is that like a financial security blanket, it's also allows me to brush up on medical terminology and like conditions. And it's, it's something that is actually really, really um, important to me. And I really value that. Yeah. Um, and lastly, I do a catering business. So I have tables over platters, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, this is like my little baby, (laughs) um, and it's a grazing table business. So it's built on whole foods, um, and seasonally and locally where I can find sourced foods. Um, and that again is kind of like where I can book people in. It looks a lot like weekends. Sometimes my weekends are like loaded with things, um, but it's fun I really enjoy it yeah I really enjoyed it it's really creative um and it's yeah it ties into my little like creative nook yeah beautiful well you do so much (laughs) Uh, it's a little bit like an organized chaos like I do I promise you it's organized but it's like it's a chaos yeah it's a chaos (laughs) and I love it like I love doing hundreds of things yeah yeah they all sound so fun So let's go a little bit more into each of those and, um, yeah, sort of go more into detail. (laughs) That that was a lot. You're like, where do I go? (laughs) Which one first? (laughs) Let's start with the clinic side of it. So did you start doing clinic? Actually, this is probably going to tie in with the full-time job as well. Did you start them around the same time or did you do one first? Tell us a little bit about, yeah, that timeline for you. Um, and how you've gone about growing the clinic while still working full-time. Yeah, I guess, like, if we we jump into, like, uh, practitioner-based work, um, I feel like when we're at uni, we're moulded for that career outcome, whether that's something that you are expecting or not. Our degrees kind of finish in this work experience space and this real, like, nurturing sort of direction of like this is where you're going um and for a lot of us it wasn't where we wanted to go and it it wasn't where I wanted to go but I saw value and um I guess connection in doing that Mm -hmm. um so straight out of my degree I set up um I set up like a remote means which ironically with today's crisis is like the best thing ever Um, And you'll notice, yeah, everyone's doing it. Um, Mm. But it's also the most convenient thing, especially for a lot of like mums. And I know that's where like the Healthy Chef brought out their kind of idea to their target audience. Um, You know, there's a lot of like at home mums and families cooking and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my clients are rural. They're like Tasmania. I have some in Melbourne. I have some all over the place. 
and it's just the best thing ever. So those out of hours sort of really help. Yeah. Um, so for me, starting that online clinic was the first, I guess, rite of passage. And I did that strategically with finances as well. Like I was really understanding um, that I wasn't going to be able to afford to rent a space in a clinic Yeah. Um, and to cut my losses with that. And I did look into a few spaces um, right off the bat because I thought that's like, that's what you do. This is what we've been set up for. And like, that's my, that's my next move. Yeah. Um, but like, I would urge people to be business savvy and financially savvy because sometimes taking risks doesn't pay off. And if you're renting a space, that's, you know, a full day space and you're lucky to get in one client, yeah. you might be walking with like 40 bucks in hand yeah. or 50 or whatever, a petrol money. And you've yeah. just spent an eight hour day in a clinic that you're not using eight hours for. So yeah. um, for me, that kind of is the origin of why I've started an online kind of base. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with work, I guess like my full-time office work, I've actually had a connection with these, um, this family business for a really long time. I, um, they were actually my first employer. I'm like saying this with like the biggest (laughs) smile on my face. Um, And I'm so lucky to have been a part of that company since I was like 18, fresh out of school. It um, foundationally set me up as the person I am today um, and the business savvy person I am today. Um, And I'm so glad to have gone back and reconnected with them. Um, And for me, that looks like a five to six day week. Um, so I'm like walking into the office, I've got a coffee in hand, I've got like my little chia pudding jar <laughs> and I'm shuffling into work and it's a big day and it's tough conversations. Um, they're really sensitive conversations, yeah. similar to like what we would be having, you know, in a clinic space, but it's, um, you're kind of seeing the worst of the worst, unfortunately. So mm. um, it's people trying to have their like last holidays. Um, oh, wow. So that can look like terminally ill people. It can look anywhere along the lines of like, you know, um, cancer survivors. And it's asking an array of really sensitive, um, really, you know, in-depth questions. So yeah. um, for me, having that continual, I'd say, practice Mm-hmm. is really valuable as well to my own clinic especially yeah. when treading around like you know relative questions or just like how to answer and ask things in a really sensitive way yeah I feel like communication is at least you know 68 60 to 70 percent of our jobs like we need to be mm-hmm. really savvy in how to ask questions yeah. and we need to be really savvy in how to show patience and empathy and allow that listening skill to click in so um I'm really really lucky to be yeah yeah, doing half a dozen things (laughs) that's fantastic and so that full-time work it is the one-on-one setting similar to a clinic no so um it's actually all over the phone so sometimes it is one-on-one um we do get like walk-ins but just because it's um a national and now an international product yeah. Um, it's literally phone calls. Um, they can last up to like five to 10 minutes. Some can last up to 40 minutes, depending who you get, depending on what like the array of conditions are. Um, so it's, it's predominantly, yeah, over the phone, but we do get some face to faces. Some of the oldies yeah. like to come in and like see you and see lip movement. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's why video is so important for some people. It's yeah. not just having that face-to-face connection, which we love. Um, but it's also like like my grandpa as well used to do it, would be lip reading and trying to keep up with what he can't hear. So, yeah, yeah technology is kind of amazing. It is, yeah. It's great at keeping us all connected in many different ways. It's great. Um, wow, okay, so that sounds really interesting. And it's good how you mentioned it does keep you really up to date with all the medical terminology as well. So it would really benefit your clinical practice and everything else that you're doing too. Um, so yeah. when it comes to what you do in your clinic and your online clinic, how have you found building up that client base and what have some of the tools you've used to build the client base up? 
Um, yeah, that's a hard, it's a hard one. And it's, and it's a really intimidating one, especially straight off the bat from school. Um, yeah. I call uni school. So if I keep saying school, I mean uni. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, because th- you come out of uni and you have nothing. You have no clients. You might get one or two that have come to work experience. I don't know about everyone else's setup, but my uni was a, um, it was an in-campus clinic and general members of the public would come. So I think I kept one that Mm -hmm. came into our clinic and for a number of reasons, like the location of where uni was, um, so on. But um, building a client base for me, some non-negotiables were definitely like having an online presence um, and continually working at that and continually trying to build traction and engagement. Um, And I think something that's really underrated or undervalued is collaboration. Mm -hmm. Um, There's power in numbers and surrounding yourself with like-minded people or people on a similar path whether that's just doing things together, like creative things, or if it's like having chats like we are, um, you don't know who's listening and you don't know who you're going to pick up or who's going to really connect with you or see something and go, you're going to be really perfect for this next thing I have in store. Yeah. Um, For me. Yeah. And for me, the value has always been, and I'm really lucky that my other job has really aligned me on this path was, networking mm-hmm. um and the i guess the success you can have out of just having a random conversation with someone in a coffee shop yeah um or taking on a role that maybe doesn't feel right or maybe it feels really low on the hierarchy scale um but you don't know who you're meeting you don't know i've met the best people out of doing things that i want to be doing yeah, <laughs> and that's just like that's just to be blunt like yeah. I've taken on jobs that didn't feel right and didn't really align with me but I've met the most incredible aligning people with my career um, that have given me ins and outs and gone oh I know this person or like oh this person I'll connect you with this person would be great to do this with yeah um, Amazing. so for me it's like taking chances doing things that maybe don't feel like they serve your ego Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to build you the best career and the best social network possible. Like just put yourself out there. Like I could not even stress that enough. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it is a common theme of these podcasts, like the importance of networking and yeah, getting to know other people in the field and even not in the field. Cause like you said, you don't know who exactly. you're going to meet and how you can work with them because there's so many different opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. And if you're like thinking, outside of your nutrition scopes, just put like your business hat on. Mm. Um, like I've met, you know, like web developers, editors, uh, marketing gurus, like sales and like just financial setups. Like you just meet people at the right time when you yeah. put yourself in the right situation. So yeah. just like talk to your barista a little bit more or like yeah. <laughs> when you're walking the dog, take your earphone out and speak to someone. Like I've met the most insane people by putting yourself out there. Yeah, hundred percent. That's really good advice. Uh, so when it does come to practicing online, uh, who are you registered with in terms of associations and are there different rules around insurance or is it all sort of the same? Can you give us some, like shed some light on that area? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm with ANTA, yep. A-N-T-A. Yeah. So um, I actually write with ATMS though. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, controversial. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in terms of this, this field I I find this one hard to speak about just because there's such an individualized tailored um approach to everyone's need with a board um for me I wanted to make sure I was getting personal gain out of a board as well um so like subscriptions and those sorts of things everything when you come out of your degree you will start you'll start noticing a pattern of how much everything costs. Yeah. Um, 
and there's benefits to memberships and there's um you know there's limitations but there's also benefits so for me i wanted to make sure i was getting the benefits that i wanted out of the membership um and i i want to be really non-biased in giving this advice because i think the best thing you can do when coming out of a degree is doing your own personal research yeah and doing your own individual steps in the right direction and for me it was a hard choice mm-hmm. um just because i feel like we're not really set up to know what to look for either yeah um but for some for for i guess for some tips and i don't know tricks look at what you want out of a board look at the benefits of signing with a board look at the limitations what does that mean for how you want to operate um if you're looking to practice look at what you can get out of that membership or that association um with your practicing if that's online there's restrictions if it's in person know what those you know barriers and benefits are Mm -hmm. um do your research, do your research, do your research, <laughs> ask, ask questions, call them, do comparisons. There's plenty out there. Um, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm with ANTA, yeah. um, but I write with ATMS. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I do want to talk yeah. a little bit more about the writing side of things, but before we do one more yeah. question, when it comes to the clinical side of it, um, how do yeah. you find practicing? So you've got the business under yourself and then you also work with the healthy chef. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about the two of those, the differences, the benefits to each and so on? Yeah. Um, benefit for like working for yourself is you attract and engage who you want to attract and engage. Um, for me, I, I love um, weight management and I love, um, you know, organization around just like healthy diets and cleanups and educational sort of standpoints. Um, I love sports nutrition and those sorts of things. So my hub is more so around the things that I really, really love. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are interested in really particular subjects or really particular sort of areas, um, women's health, hormonal um you know reproductive and all those sorts of things um so knowing your kind of targeted your target kind of range and audience is um really important and for me i was able to set up my business around that Mm -hmm. um with the healthy chef i do similar um but the benefits of working with someone else is what you pick up from the business, um, what you learn tips and, you know, tricks for what they do and what they're successful and why they're successful, pick up on things that other businesses or other people that you're working with are doing correctly and apply it to your own business without obviously doing the whole snatch and grab (laughs) and (laughs) take what inspires you and apply it to your own business. And for me um, with the healthy chef, they're such a successful group of people. Um, yeah. And I say people because there's a team behind yeah. Teresa. <laughs> there would have to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if you've followed her, you'll know that she's, you know, dabbled in, you know, products and functional foods like proteins and those sorts of things. Um, and she's got recipe books and she's doing half a dozen things. And then she launches this e-clinic and she's opened it up to a multi-modality. So there's, dietitians there's naturopaths there's nutritionists and you can bounce off each other and you can recommend each other and you can refer to each other um, which is really helpful so if you kind of find yourself in a situation where you're just like let me take take a step back you know you actually would really align with this person you can refer onwards which um if you had your own clinic or your own personal practice if you were by yourself virtually like i am you don't have that quick referral. You might have an idea of someone you can set someone up with, but you don't have that quick bounce back. So for something like Teresa's setup, there's a real, real benefit to having like a multi-modality in the one base. Yeah. So that's real cool. Yeah, incredible. And you find working with her and under that clinic helps with finding clients? Um. No, not particularly, just because I don't take um, 
I, when I say no, it's because I'm not dealing with the marketing side of it. So with, yeah. with the Healthy Chef, they do all the marketing. Yeah, so um, they're finding you the so clients I'm, is what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Sorry, so they're actually, they're getting all the clients and they're, they're basically, yeah, setting you up with people. Um, whereas for yourself, you're doing your own marketing, you're doing your own promo, you're doing your own social medias. So yeah. with Teresa's setup, it's, it's like show up and turn up. That's awesome. Um, but obviously, obviously what you do with yourself and your own websites and your own social media is really important because people look, oh, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. people investigate, we do it all the time. Um, yeah. So what you're doing with your own personal brand is really beneficial for someone else's brand. So I'd say, yeah, making sure you're in check yeah. is really important beyond if someone else is doing your own marketing. Yeah, brilliant. And in the way that they are finding your clients for that aspect of your clinical practice, do you have like set hours that you set aside for the healthy chef or is it just they let you know when there's someone interested or how does that work? Yeah, so um, how it works is we have like working calendars and we will just stencil out when we're available, um, when we're not. Um, for me, I set aside my entire weekend to the healthy chef. Yeah. Um, so I, and that's for like months in advance, I will just like pencil them in. So they have the entire weekend available for me. Yeah. Um, and for my own clients, I'll schedule that more so around the week. Um, Mm -hmm. if there's spaces in the weekend, obviously I'll utilize them as well, but it gets like a little bit tricky with catering. So yeah. Um, yeah, but for the healthy chef, I'll give them my entire weekend. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the writing side of things now. So how did you get into sure. health writing and what does that involve? Um, so I've, I've always really, really liked writing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've really enjoyed the physical result of writing, um, like having a piece of your work that stands still. Whereas a lot of our work kind of goes, kind of disappears behind closed doors. We finish with a consult and you never see your work that you put in unless it's a result from the client. Yeah. Um, so my writing kind of affair started at uni. I think I really found that out when I was doing research subjects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I got started with a lecturer actually from uni. So that's why networking is really important people. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So my, my lecturer got me started. Mm-hmm. He kind of influenced me to, to, to give it a go, um, which I didn't think I was going to be very good at, um, to be honest with you, not because I didn't, not because I couldn't do it just because. I guess like you think back at like marks that you would have got at uni and you're like, shit, that wasn't a very good mark. Like how am I going to do publishing this with a board or something? Yeah. Um, so with practice came a bit of confidence. Um, so definitely, I definitely give that up to my lecturer kind of persuading me to do it. Yeah. Um, and then I always have this real, like I have a, like a fun kind of quirky sense of writing. Um, outside of the medical kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um for me I like doing contributions I've done quite a few with like honest to goodness and other brands um and writing fun kind of you know upbeat things with a little bit of humor that stuff I really really enjoy um yeah along with like recipe development and those sorts of things amazing and so how do you find these sorts of opportunities or do they find you Oh, I definitely go looking. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely go looking. Nothing's going to find you. Like, I just feel like nothing is going to find you unless you put yourself out there. Um, Yeah. And I guess one piece of advice I would give to new graduates or people that are even still at uni, you can still do this at uni, is just go reach out to people, go slide in people's DMs, (laughs) Go, (laughs) go email them, find their websites, even if you don't know why you're doing it, like literally send them an email. I'll send them an email and just be like, here's me. This is what I do. Here's a resume. <laughs> here's an example of some of the stuff I do. Let me know if there's something that aligns. Yeah. And like, sometimes you don't hear, sometimes you don't hear back. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you do. And they're like, thanks. Like, yeah, we'll keep it on. We'll keep it on hand. 
Um, and then like sometimes it would just click and you've got an opportunity and someone's like, yeah, we want you to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you're like, I said that weeks ago or like months ago. And, but people remember, like keep showing yeah. your face, follow them on social medias, send them emails and just keep liking their stuff. Like your, yeah. your name's going to keep popping up and they're like, there's that person that sent me that random article <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Like people will just see your face, see your name and they'll, they'll think of you. Like it, it happens. It works. Yeah. Cool. So is that how you find these writing opportunities just by messaging and reaching out and seeing if they need anything written? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. That's how it started. And then once they see, I guess, what you can do, what you can offer, they'll, yeah. they'll ask you back. You'll, you'll yeah. get a gig out of it. You'll keep getting asked to contribute. Um, and they'll ask you to contribute to different things as well, or they'll like pass you around. Like some companies um, work with obviously a network of people and yeah. they'll say, can we, can we recommend you to this person? Can we share this on and keep sharing it on? Like yeah. <laughs> keep putting it out there and it'll come, it'll come back around. You just got to keep putting yourself out there. Don't sit back thinking someone's going to look at you and go, oh, she's got a degree. Like let's, <laughs> let's attack because in the, in the field we're in now, unfortunately, we're in such a competitive field and our industry is so oversaturated, so oversaturated um, locally and online. And unfortunately, despite regulations and those sorts of things, we're still competing with influencers with no education around nutrition that are set up with 100K followings. And and you've got to work out how you're going to differentiate between these influencers or like, what are you doing that's going to be different to what this other person's doing with no, you know, background in what we do. So yeah. um, put yourself out there yeah. because there's other people putting themselves out there too. So yeah, be competitive, be competitive and put yourself forward for sure. Yeah. yeah nice one. Um, and are these writing opportunities, are they paid or is it something you do for more for the exposure side of things? Some are paid, some are exposure. Um, A lot of my starts were free. Um, And don't be discouraged by doing that. I think when I graduated, half of my work was free work. (laughs) And I, um, I knew that going into that, but I wanted to build relationships and I wanted to build network circles and I wanted to show them what I could do which yeah. could then lead to paid work. Yeah. And also by doing that, you then have a portfolio that you're building and you can send on to other people. So I'm not scared of free work. I see value in doing a lot of complimentary work, yeah. but definitely I am at a point now where I'm, I'm able to turn things down or ask for money um, yeah. and feel okay about it. Whereas previously I just felt like oh, I've just got to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And I've got to take every opportunity that comes up um, it just because I don't know when my next one will come up. So definitely don't be scared of working complimentary with brands or um, with people that could lead or build you to paid work for sure. Like mm-hmm. there's value in it. Yeah, that's really important advice, especially as you are trying to build up that portfolio and build up the experience too, because a lot of people do want experience and unfortunately you need to go out and get it somehow. So doing things like that is a perfect example of how. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And when it comes to the recipe development side of things, is that similar where you go out and you're approaching people um, and then they pass you around their networks or tell us a little bit about that side of everything? Yeah, very similar. Um, Very similar. You'll notice I feel like every other person and their dog is doing recipe development straight out of uni. Um, (laughs) So again, it's oversaturated um, and you've got to find like your niche and what that looks like. Um, So a lot of people will kind of build themselves around their own ethics or their own diets and like whether that be like you know strict keto or it's like vegans or it's you know and then you know every single recipe from that person is going to look like that yeah um for me I strategically haven't done that Mm -hmm. um I have food that I eat 
all the time, that my family eats all the time. Um, and for me, it's versatile and it's a broad range of things, but it works with brands and it works with, you know, companies. Yeah. Um, and I started doing a lot of, again, complimentary recipes or I'd be making recipes for my own personal brand and website and I'd be uploading them and I'd be tagging brands and I'd be sending them to the brands. They'd be reposting, they'd be sharing. And then again, this networking and social sort of group happens. And then you get passed around and it's the same kind of circle. Um, And again, I was reaching out to companies um or groups of people and saying this is what I do here's my work I'd love to be involved here's my prices and da 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 and it and it eventuates to paid work so amazing similar very similar yeah fun and do you take all your own photos and do your own food styling and everything yeah yeah Yeah. everything I do by myself yeah yeah nice one do you have any tips around any of those things any photography tips or styling tips yeah I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like a professional photographer by any means. So I, I, I definitely don't have a lot of advice around that. I think if you've got a creative eye, mm-hmm. um, you'll work it out for yourself for sure. Um, yeah. Look and kind of study what great photographers or stylers are kind of doing. Yeah. Build yourself like a little, um, and I do this like with my catering gear stuff as well. But like build yourself a little um, brand, I guess, like work out what aligns with you, what look aligns with you. For me, it's kind of very like rustic kind of home cooking and it's not expensive gear. You don't have to buy the best pottery and the best ceramics. Like go to Kmart and get two different types of bowls. Like yeah. two different types of, <laughs> totally like you don't have to be flash like you don't have to yeah. start flexing on people because you've got like pottery and ceramics like <laughs> work in your financial means go down to like even go down to binnies and stuff like yeah. work it out sometimes I'll get like if I go get flowers or something and it comes with like a really nice it comes with like a really nice brown piece of paper I'm like great I'm gonna squirrel that away and (laughs) I might be able to put some hot chips on it or something like I just I'm resourceful with it so yeah you don't have to spend a lot to make a lot (laughs) yeah such good advice and so important too because I think you do see a lot of those food photographers with their fancy pottery where it's like $50 a plate and you're just like "I, I can't afford that but these days with Kmart yeah. and with op shops, you can find some incredible pieces for like yeah. a fraction of the price. Yeah. And if you're not going to take your career in that direction of photography, yeah. There's no buy point. a secondhand, yeah. yeah, buy a secondhand camera. Like yeah. you don't need to have the best of the best. Like I Absolutely. bought mine secondhand and like, I mean, I've invested some money because of everything collaboratively comes together and you're like, funny. Um, but yeah, I've bought things secondhand. I've kept things. I've taken things from op shops. I've I've Kmarted. Like, just be yeah. resourceful. Be resourceful and work in your like financial means for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And even these days with iPhones, I know a lot of people just take amazing photos yeah. on their phones. So yeah, it's so true. That's I completely it. agree that you don't need a fancy setup. <laughs> no, iPhones yeah. are such good quality too. Like, yeah. you can literally go to Kmart and get one of those iPhone tripods that are like yeah. what 12 bucks and then you've got a little <laughs> a little at home set up with your iPhone <laughs> sometimes admittingly I just take it with my iPhone because I can't be bothered yeah. to get my camera out yeah. so yeah that's a great great tip good idea yeah um awesome so I think the only thing we haven't gone over yet is your business do you want to tell us a little bit about tables over platters yeah so tables over platters was um <laughs> this was probably launched about a year and a half ago so yeah. I was probably about six months out of my degree um and like most people out of their degrees they're like struggling for money um they're trying to work out their like their passions for me I had like a real stalemate with nutrition I wasn't using um my creative flair that I that I really really value yeah. um and I was doing recipes and those sorts of things, but it becomes really stagnant. Like it becomes really, okay, I'm writing up 
quantities and like I'm doing the same formatting over and over again. Um, And I have a French background. So for me, cheese platters is just a rite of passage. (laughs) They're (laughs) they're at every, (laughs) they're at every family gathering. Um, And I'm a real like extra person in terms of like condiments, sauces. Like I love everything that goes with everything. Yeah. Um, so like quince pastes and like honeycombs, like all the novelties is something I really, really enjoy. So um, for me, putting platters together was quite natural and mm-hmm. it just happened really. I can't even put a, a, a standpoint in time where I went, I'm doing this. Like it just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, and I'd seen a few on Pinterest and gone, they look incredible. Like, and I was attracted to like, bigger the better um so like three meter long tables I was like I would just love to like get in there and just go um so for me I just thought tables over platters I wanted to do tables more than platters yeah (laughs) it's where the where the name came from me and my friend Katie were like we need to like somehow say tables not platters like (laughs) so that's kind of where that came from um but for me my first I remember my first table was actually my cousin's uh baby shower and that was probably like a two meter long table and straight from that first table I was like I can do this easy like yeah it's so good it's like it's like this um you know how you, you see like on movies there's that like shaved ice piece it's like the um I just feel like it's it's the the point it's the talking point of a party it's like the talking point of an event yeah you walk in and you're like whoa they've catered like it's not sandwiches on a tier it's it's this smorgasbord of just food it's you could put it in any scenario you can put it in weddings baby showers engagements anything so yeah. Um, I knew there was kind of a market for it and I, I launched it very steadily. Um, mm-hmm. It took a while and now I've got it to a point where I have consistent work coming in um, and I have to get people to help me. So it's, it's flourishing. It's really, really good. I'd love to get it to a point where it's, you know, at a point where I could sell it even. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something I really enjoy and it separates me from doing this, the same mundane kind of routine that my week to week kind of looks like. So I'm really, really lucky. Yeah, incredible. So how did you go about building that up? Was it a lot of word of mouth or a mixture of that and social media? Yeah, a bit of oh, a bit of everything. Like yeah. social media for sure. Like I yeah. just, every day I'm really consistent with, putting photos out, um, building tractions. Um, I do a lot with businesses. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of my favourite businesses locally is Home on Dali. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're like a homewares um, and kind of like a linen shop and they have all my sort of platters. So I work with them with getting cheese knives and platters and they have the most beautiful um, arrangement of things that I use on my tables. So I'll do tables for their like Christmas parties um, and their customers come in and they can see how I've put together a cheese board with some of their items in store. Um, So there's things like that and word of mouth travels. Um, It's doing a really good job at a wedding and then putting your business cards out and people go, I've got a wedding coming up. This person I know has got an engagement coming up. It gets passed around. Yeah. and also taking on collaborative things as well. Like I've been offered a few times to do something with a brand um, and to do it complimentary and it's in store and it has X amount of customers walking in and out and your business cards are sitting there still Yeah. (laughs) and (laughs) it's word of mouth and it's passing around. So yeah, I, um, yeah, definitely online, but definitely word of mouth I feel like is really, really a big driver for sure. Yeah. Amazing. And you mentioned it's now at the point where you need people helping you with it. So when did you reach tipping point and how did you go about finding people to help? Yeah. I've, I've had people start helping me with 
um, big, big jobs. So like yeah. for me, weddings are like, I need, I need at least two, two people to help me because they're huge tables. Yeah. <laughs> There's a huge amount of foods. And I feel like people um, don't realize how long this stuff takes. Like mm. for me, just to give you an idea, like setting up a table, like a two to three meter long table can take anywhere up to two hours. Yeah. Wow. Um, shopping for food can take up to an hour. And then you're at home doing ordering with wholesalers that can take up another hour. Yeah. And then your food prepping and washing and cutting before the events that can take up to an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. Um, so for me, definitely with the bigger tables, I've, I've been savvy in having someone help me. Um, mm-hmm. But more so when the booking started getting more steady, which has probably been in the last six months, that's when I've started outsourcing and getting help um, yeah. just because I've had people wanting to book several on the same day Mm -hmm. um and for us we operate mostly on weekends at this stage sometimes I'll work in the middle of the week and sort out sort of you know um scheduling there but um yeah yeah, there's lots of events that happen on weekends so having that extra set of hands on the weekends is yeah it's (laughs) non-negotiable I need it (laughs) yeah it sounds like it yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how are you finding it's been affected now that events aren't running? Is it sort of yeah. on pause? Or? <laughs> Every everything's affected. We're yeah. all affected. Um, yeah, 100%. literally, literally every element of my work right now. I'm speaking like I have like a fully operational business right now. Nothing that I'm doing right now is operating. So I've had to close shop with table over platters until obviously um, public gatherings and allowances are available, but also like, yeah. I just wouldn't want to put people at risk. I pulled the plug pretty mm-hmm. early cause I was, I was worried about like liability and yeah. I was worried about, it's a very handsy sort of table. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was worried about like, well, I don't know if someone's carrying it and they touch this piece of cheese and then this person gets it. Like, I just was, I pulled the plug on that really early, but obviously now that it's eventuated and it's just a no-go, that's completely shut down until further notice. Yeah. Um, My office job is shut down until further notice. We're in travel insurance and obviously Uh, there's no travel happening. So it's one of the biggest hit industries, which is such a shame at the moment. Yeah. Um, and our nutrition and stuff that's still online but yeah um you'll notice like with the crisis that we're in now people are being money savvy and people are saving and yeah every business is taking a hit so yeah um, this is why being online is so important and um marketing yourself be engaging start your traction, keep going. Cause we're in this for like how long now we've got like yeah. <laughs> up to six months. So make use of the time. Like I've been yeah. really proactive and really productive and I've taken it on as like a bit of a blessing. So yeah, I've, um, as I was saying to you earlier, I was like, I feel like I was built for this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love being stuck at home. Like I'm such a homebody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How are you going with it? Are you being productive? Yeah, I've, I'm the same. I do love the whole working from home thing and I do find myself more productive because yeah. I'm normally in an office environment and it can be full of distractions and I love it and love the office banter. But yeah, I'm using this opportunity <laughs> to really focus on what needs to be done and not just in my career as well, just even like in my personal yeah. life, getting things organized, um, cleaning out cupboards, things like that. It's kind of like, it's yeah. really nice just to do all those things that you're too busy normally to do. Yeah, I've been yeah. doing the same. Like I've been yeah. writing lists every yeah. week. I yeah. say every week. We've, it's been a couple of weeks. But I've wrote a list every week and just gone, okay, I'm going through my whole food pantry. I'm yeah. going through my linen cupboard. I'm refolding everything. Like the small yeah. life admins that you just yeah. don't think about. Yeah. Um, but so- yeah, working from home is unreal if you can do it. I'm a bit, yeah. I love, like you said, the office banter. Like I'm a bit yeah. of a rascal. Like I love... <laughs> I love like going in and ruckusing everyone. Like I'll go in and like be the office prankster and like you know, <laughs> be a bit of be a bit of a non bit of a nuisance. But um, yeah, 
make, turn the positive, start writing yourself lists, especially if you're at home, you've recently graduated or you're, you know, at uni, but from home, that was like yeah. the ultimate. If I could have been doing uni from home, oh my God, like <laughs> the so stuff, good. the stuff I would have been doing. Because yeah. commute to like for some people up to two hours each way. So yeah. make use of your time. Like write lists, check your boxes off, reach yeah. out to people like we've been talking about the whole time. Like start yeah. sliding in people's DMs and put yourself out there. Like yeah, yeah, make make positive use of the time. Yeah, it's the perfect time to be active on social media, doing posts, um, building a website, like all those things that do take a lot of time. It's like it's been opened up for us to do. It's like handed to us on a platter. Be like, yeah, have your time, get it all done, build that foundation. And things are on sale right now. Like people need work. So like now's the time to actually invest in your business if you can and you have savings. Yeah. Look out for the graphic designers, look out for the web developers, like people are needing work and now's the time to do it. 100%. Yeah, that is brilliant advice. So when things are functioning normally, let's pretend we're not all in (laughs) lockdown. (laughs) Um, What does like a typical day or a typical week look like for you? Yeah, week to week. um, It looks different, but the same. Like a weekday for me typically is I wake up, I look at my schedule, I look at um, like my work calendar and then um, I'll be shuffling into an office for about eight hours a day and then I'll be coming home, making dinner, I'll be looking through all my work emails, sometimes I'll be taking phone consults or video consults yeah um and then emailing like I'll have a lot of emails because I'll be doing things like my catering stuff so I'll be like doing bookings quoting I'll be doing wholesaler sort of shopping um I'll be doing either writing for articles or recipes or I'll just be doing my day-to-day kind of client stuff so writing up programs and doing follow-ups and checking in by email um so that is pretty much Monday to Friday for me. Yeah. Um, that's what my Monday to Friday looks like. And it's a lot of work. Sometimes I don't go to yeah. bed till like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, um, sometimes I'm working in my lunch break of my other work. <laughs> um, and then week weekends are kind of like what gets booked. So like I'll have either like healthy chef clients or I'll have catering back to back. Some days I'll have like, two or three jobs on one day mm-hmm. um, and that means like I've had to be extremely organized through the week with like food shopping and wholesaler orders and whatnot so yeah yeah it's like an organized chaos like we said <laughs> earlier yeah. it's like Tetris yeah yeah it sounds like it do you have any time to rest in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes I mean this is like a flourishing business schedule that I'm talking yeah. about like right now like I'm just living my fitspo life at the moment yeah. we've got a set out <laughs> garage full of equipment um no but for me like there's non-negotiables um yeah. I've always been a really active person mm-hmm. um so like I'll set like a fitness goal with myself and it's not to be the fittest it's just to be healthy and it yeah. looks somewhere along the lines of being at the gym either four times a week mm-hmm. and then every other day I'm like walking my dog and that can be yeah. 30 minutes but it's enough so that's like a huge non-negotiable for me personally Um, and I'll always fit that in somewhere like I just have to have that otherwise I'll go insane like you've probably noticed I'm a bit hyperactive with my hands Um, (laughs) um, I'll start yeah I'll start losing the plot if I don't start exercising yeah that's good to do something for you amongst all of that as well definitely yeah yeah for sure you need to yeah (laughs) um So I was going to ask, this is probably a hard one because you do so many different things, but are there any skills you recommend for other people who do want to go down one of these pathways? Or who want to do so many things? Maybe that's a good example. What are some skills for people who do want to do so many different things like you? (laughs) That's probably the question. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm no, like, I'm no master at it, but I think definitely being able to adapt being able to communicate effectively, Mm -hmm. having interpersonal skills, 
patience and empathy. Yeah. Hopefully these things come naturally to the people out there practicing. Um, but um, if, if not, then get experience, get work experience. I went to uni with so many youngins mm-hmm. that had no work experience prior to doing the uni course. Yeah. Um, and that's fun. But get out there and get work experience afterwards because the things you learn from communicating, even in like a shopkeeper setting or even in a, you know, face-to-face retail, um, in a in a food shop, in a chemist, like go out there and just learn how to communicate, how to ask questions, how to do customer resolutions, how mm-hmm. to adapt to different scenarios. Thinking on your feet is really important yeah. because... <laughs> If you've sent out someone, I know people would get so rattled by this at uni. Like if someone wasn't filling out a health questionnaire, how they wanted it to be filled and then they got it back from the customer or client and they're like, the things that I put on the questionnaire aren't answered. Like I don't have (laughs) the full diet recall. Like the the consult is stuffed before I've even started. Mm. If you can't think on your feet, like I worry for you. (laughs) learn how to learn how to adapt and be like resilient to those situations yeah um but yeah I think being organized and accountable as well is so underrated like write yourself lists set reminders I'm that person that sets five alarms to get somewhere in the morning and it's (laughs) not because I don't think I'll get there it's because I want to get there at a particular time or it's because I wanted to do five different things in the morning and it's like prompting me. Yeah. So um, I think you can apply that to any business or any situation. So yeah, I definitely. think if anything, just communication, adaption and organisation would be like the three take-homes for me, for sure. Yeah, they're brilliant tips, really good advice. Um, so when it comes to what's next for you and what is your vision for the future and what are you working towards? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what to be confirmed. Like? <laughs> um, it's, such, it's such a loaded question. You're like, yes, <laughs> tell me. Um, for me, I know it's like a reoccurring theme from this conversation. It's writing and creation. I want to be at my most creative and calmest self. Um, I want to explore maybe some more studying. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to definitely contribute more sort of articles and published work, but I've always had like a passion for wanting to create something that incorporates travel food and people so that's something that I'm definitely working on amazing um, without spilling the beans to everyone um (laughs) but yeah I I definitely feel like another maybe like another tip to end on is make sure that you have your own personal projects and interests outside of nutrition otherwise you're going to lose the plot like (laughs) work on something for yourself and for me that was trying to incorporate those three things and doing that as a side project yeah um so yeah a mix of things ticking boxes um I could just keep rattling off things I want to do but yeah I definitely feel like studying is on the cards again. I've got like a really restless mind. Like I need stimulation at all times. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I want to, I want to do more writing and I, I don't want to explore that avenue a lot, a lot more for sure. Amazing. That all sounds really exciting. I look forward to seeing what unfolds. Thanks. Yeah. I look forward um, to seeing what you unfold too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you attribute your success to date to? um persistence yeah (laughs) persistence and accountability for sure um I feel like I'm pretty resilient in terms of like if something doesn't go my way I'm not put off yeah I will keep persisting at it um and I'll keep persisting at people like I said like I'll just keep like popping my head in the door and being like still here (laughs) still here here I am um yeah, so it. I think persistence for sure 
Yeah, that's a really important one. Nice. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. And if you could recommend one mindset shift that is needed for a successful career, what do you think that would be? Um, I think it would be dropping the ego. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be taking on things that, I mean, we spoke about this a little bit earlier, is mm-hmm. taking on things that maybe you don't think is a fit for yourself, but could benefit you along the way. So if that's yeah. starting lower down the food chain in a company and it feels a little bit ego destroying or it feels like an underserving an underserving value for you especially if you've had previous work experience whether that be corporate or not mm-hmm. take on the opportunity meet people and work your way up because you're going to yeah. learn how a company's structure has started you're going to pick things up that work for them and you can apply that to yourself in your own business yeah. And you're going to climb, like just take things on that maybe don't even feel right, but you can see value in. Yeah. There's lessons in everything and it does make us into the person we want to be and the people we are. So yeah, I think that yeah, is really important. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? <laughs> I dreaded this question because I'm not a huge reader. reader. Like I just, I can't even, I can't even pretend I'm a reader. I get, I get this thing called reader's guilt. (laughs) If I start reading something, I feel guilty for not doing something else more productive. And I'm not saying reading isn't productive. It's so important. Um, I'm a huge podcast listener. So yeah. do you want to recommend a podcast? Yeah, I, I would podcasts. I would recommend yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell. Um, <laughs> a podcast I would love um for everyone to check out is yeah. Cut Through Nutrition. Okay. Um it's it's quite a good one. It's it's a guy that's kind of there's two guys on it. One's a doctor, so one's conventional. The other's a nutritionist um, and he's very, very developed in the nutritional world, does a lot of research and whatnot. And they kind of toy on the idea of challenging things that are either trending in nutrition or maybe like mindsets around nutrition. Um, So it's, it's a really good kind of challenging one to listen to, especially if you're kind of constantly looking at trends and, you know, developments on social media and everyone's, swimming up the same stream yeah Um, I feel like that's a real good challenging one and lastly another one that I love is a really close friend of mine Katie Williams Mm -hmm. Um, she has a podcast called better for it and she is an unreal speaker she's the best public speaker and she's gets different people on from different modalities so she'll have Mm -hmm. like nutritionists on she'll have naturopaths physios whatnot and they'll create kind of um, challenges and tools for you to use in your day-to-day life. So there's lots of things, lots of things to learn from that one. Yeah, sounds incredible. I'll pop links to both of those in the show notes as well. They sound really Unreal. cool. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So this has been an awesome combo and I feel like I've learned so much about you and what you do and all of the different areas. And this is just, you're the perfect testament to how diverse our industry is and how many different ways we can go. So I think this has been a really insightful episode. So thank you so much for coming on. But before we wrap up, um, do you have any parting words of advice or wisdom for the listeners? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would say stay stimulated, stay Mm -hmm. creative. Um, Like you mentioned earlier, work on your own personal projects outside of your day-to-day jobs. Yeah have a life outside of nutrition and keep yourself from burning out. Yeah. Um, Get out there and just put yourself out there. Like if you take something home from this, it's just put yourself out there. Talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's so true because people, if you're not out there, if you're not putting yourself in front of people, people don't know about you. You can't help them. So we're here to help people. people pick up on that too. Like people see that you're not confident in yourself. Like if you're not putting yourself out there, why is someone going to approach you? Yeah, that's a really good point. close yourself off. So um, even if you're uncomfortable doing it, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like 
so no important. one likes talking them I just feel like no one likes talking themselves up like it's just <laughs> a naturally <laughs> awkward concept but like get used to being like oh I'm Rose da 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 I work from here and this is what I do and like yeah let me know if something comes up like just get used to having those conversations yeah and not being afraid of the rejection or not hearing back from people That's because because it. like, it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's it's nothing inevitable. wrong with that yeah <laughs> yeah everyone gets rejected like yeah <laughs> just don't take it personally like just be exactly. like oh okay that happens like yeah. <laughs> on to the next like yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna just happen. not the right time exactly just be ready yeah, yeah. <laughs> such good advice totally. Um, and where can the listeners find you to follow along? Yeah, so they can find me at rosefinas.com. So that's mm-hmm. Rose Finas, F for Fred, E-N-A-S-S-E.com. Um, on Instagram, they can find me at, again, Rose Finas. Mm-hmm. And my Tables Over Platters business, they can find me at Table Over Platters with an S on the end. Beautiful. And I'll pop links to all of those in the show notes and the social media posts as well. So everyone can find you. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. It's been an awesome convo. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your advice and expertise. Of course. Speak soon. (laughs) Thank you guys. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it. And I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.